and what a mess they're creating. How many here are walking, talking testimonies of a life that you used to live and you made a mess out of it and then you realize, Lord, I can't make it without you. I'll tell you what, Christians can make a mess out of it too. We don't listen to God and follow him and then we follow our own head instead of him and then, then we start messing up and they don't know, we realize, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we go back to basics. What do we do at the beginning? We went to Jesus and we went to him and said, Lord, I can't make it without you. So that's your answer today. You need to just say, Lord, I can't make it without you. I can't live without you. I love you that much. You're so important to me. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Isn't God good? Isn't it wonderful how the Holy Spirit's been moving today? Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you so very much. <clears throat> this morning, I was in my office and I got a text by a dad at the church. And he said, you know, I loaded up my little boy and we're going to come, the family going to come to church. And my little boy sat in the back seat and he's only three years old. His name's Oliver. It's Gene Bing. Gene, wave your hand. Gene, Gene's little boy. And he told his dad, he said, Daddy, I need some more tape. And remember last Sunday on Father's Day, duct tape dad. He said, Daddy, I need more tape. And Gene said, kind of moved his heart thinking about that, that he heard that and he, he received that word. So I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad this time of year and the, the ex exciting fun time of summer running and vacations and having a good time and then there are folks in the church who are going through sickness and need be God to heal them we need to pray for God's healing for those some are joining in on Facebook live watching us being a part of us that they're sick with you know that thing that's gone around for a while that's a kind of like an old broken record if you if you say it so I'm not going to say what it is but they're sick they need they're doing good but they're just, you know, we're just moving right along, aren't we? Aren't you glad God has taken us so far and he's blessed us? Give honor and praise to him. Now, some of you squinting your eyes trying to read why I got on my T-shirt. My wife gave it to me for Father's Day and, and it says this, all my role models, models, all my role models went to prison. Jesus and Paul and Peter and some other ones there. So, yeah, all my role models went to prison for the right reason. They went through everything they went through for the name of the Lord. And Jesus Christ went through what he went through for you and I this morning. Praise his holy name. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. I don't know about you, but I sense in the house, faith is in the house today. I sense the faith moving in the house of God's people. And faith is in the atmosphere. People of the Lord with that faith. The Bible talks about the gift of faith. But then I believe also there's a time in a worship service where hearts are joined together in faith believing and the atmosphere is filled with faith. I believe the Lord's wanting to do something today and that you've come to the house of God as our front doors say it, the, at, above it says enter expecting.
that you entered expecting, knowing God's going to do something. And if you're a guest here today and for the first time, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you coming and hope you feel at home. This word came to me, and I thought, Lord, you know, it seems to be elemental, just kind of basic, but there's some truth that God in this environment environment we're in right now of faith and we're sensing God's presence that I I think it God's doing something here you ever seen God's hand working in something and he's working in this I don't know if I've ever really preached this I've never preached this before but in Matthew's gospel chapter 8 verse 1 through 3 and when he came down from the mountain this was Jesus he had just you know coming down from the mountain the great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, that every step of the way in this worship service, how you've moved in the power of the Spirit, how you've moved in the gifts of the Spirit, as Paul taught and wrote about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the gifts of tongues and interpretations. Lord, you've spoken to us. You've spoken to your people. We've worshiped you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for the environment you have created we give you praise and we celebrate you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. After Jesus had just finished sharing the glorious outline of the kingdom of God in what is called the Sermon on the Mount, on the Mount Jesus came down the mountain and a huge crowd followed him. See if you could picture it in your mind. He's coming down and this huge crowd is following him. But then there was a leper that had the audacity to approach him, went and fell and knelt before him. You see, lepers are not supposed to be in a crowd. They're isolated, they're withdrawn, they identify themselves, they're marked. When it comes down to political correctness, there was no political correctness dealing with a leper. And so he was an outcast. He was, he, was, he was not supposed to be with the community. And in my imagination, I can see the crowd begin to thin out around Jesus when the leper showed up. And they realized it was a leper. And people began to back away. Even the disciples probably began to spread out a little bit because... Here was a leper that interrupted the crowd. Inter had the audacity to interrupt the crowd. Had the audacity to show himself and be there in front of all these people. But I want you to know that desperation will cause us to step out and be audacious. Desperation. You remember when you were desperate? And you were audacious when the preacher went and invited you a time of salvation saying, if you need Jesus in your life and you decide you can't live without him, 
that you were so audacious that you got in front of everybody and walked toward the front and accepted Christ as your personal Savior. But some of us have faced crisis and situations in our life where that we just had to kind of break the norm of the ordinary Christianity and ordinary gatherings. These are critical times that we're living in and the Lord is looking, even though if, if it's a leper, he's looking for somebody who will be audacious and will break through the religious, religious ideas and the religious crowd and say, Lord, I can't make it without you. I need you. I'm in a situation I can't fix it for myself. You ever been in a situation you can't fix for yourself? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. had problems that you didn't know which, how you're going to handle it and what you're going to do. And I want you to know this, this type of subject and topic applies. It's multi-generational. There are children and teenagers and students who are facing pressure and attack from every side from a world that wants to mold them and shape them and form them into being like them even though it's contrary to the word of God. We, we've got to get to a place where that we're, we're willing to step out of our normal self which that time, you know, he was a leper. And let me tell you, a leper, what else could he do? I mean, he didn't have any other choice. He just said, what do I got to lose? I'm going to run to the one that I know that can heal me, that has the answer. I, didn't, I couldn't even be in church uh, on the mount with everybody else. I just ran to Jesus because I knew who Jesus was and that he could make the difference. I tell you what, my friends, some of you, you need to put your tennis shoes on and you should be ready and your track shoes, your Nikes or whatever they are, and you and I both, we need to run to the master. Because I see at times where every time I get up, I see diseased people. And it's not a disease of leprosy and sickness and sores. But in spiritual terms, leprosy was considered to be a spiritual condition of sin. And I can see where we have decided to waver a little bit and, and water down a little bit and to excuse ourselves a little bit where that we're no longer that hungry leper as we used to be where we ran to the Lord and the Lord did something for us and he redeemed our heart and our life. If anything, the longer we serve him, the more we ought to be in love with him. And we ought to want to be close to him. Instead of finding examples of excuses for this and that, excuses for not worshiping like you should worship him. That's the advantage of the house of God. It's easier to get into an environment of worship when you're with the group of worshipers. It's easier, and the devil knows it, so that's why he don't want you to be with worshipers. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to declare yourself, I'm a leper, and he wants you to become religious and isolate yourself from the one who can really, truly make a difference in our life. And God wants us to decide to, to, to long for him, to long after Jesus. When we're desperate and knowing that the solution is, uh, to our crisis is near, we'll, it, it will drive us to respond audaciously. 
we'll, we'll run and go. Being a leper and doing what he did, he, he broke the religious t rules. of, And of course, you know, let me tell you, he broke the religious rules because faith always does that. Faith always tears down religious rules and disciplines and traditions. Jesus, he was the epitome of the rule breaker. He came to bring life and not judgment. He came to bring us an opportunity rather than a closed door. He said, no, the door is open now. For those who want to come in. Religion says no one but the priest could go into the most holy place. But now through Jesus, he did an incredible job that when he cried out, it is finished, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom because God says, everybody is welcome in my presence. Yeah, even you, even you, even me, welcome into the presence of God. But our desperation will cause us to step out and be audacious. And we know that if the solution's in front of us, we will go after it. And, and, and faith always breaks religious rules. And this leper, he broke religious rules. He went up and broke into the crowd. And the crowd began to, you know, dissipate and move away. And it's just now just him and Jesus and everybody had a distance, but the closest one to him was Jesus. The closest one to him was Jesus. That's what you and I need. We need the closest one near us is Jesus. It's Jesus. He's more important than your family. He's more important than your friends. Because believe it or not, family can fail you and friends will fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. So he's the one we want to just, just me and Jesus, Jesus and I. Jesus is the answer. I don't care. That, that leper said, that priest can't help me. That layman can't help me. That good old grandma can't help me. And this, this good old, uh, good old senior citizen guy, this old guy, they can't help me. This good looking teenager can't help me. Nobody can help me. But the one that I'm kneeling before and then the one that's closest to me is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus broke the religious rules. Even himself, rule breaker. Rule breaker. I'm so glad he was a rule breaker. Man-made rules. Never broke God's rules, but man's rules. Boy, how we got them. We got them everywhere. Traditions and man's rules and man's guidelines. I mean, so much that even people saying... This is the way you're supposed to worship. God looks down upon his body, his bride, his church, and says, I just want you to worship me. Just worship me. Worship me. But however, Jesus broke the rules. Why? Because Jesus went and touched him. You were not, it was unlawful to touch a leper until he was cleansed and whole. But Jesus, he said, well, a rule breaker, I'm one too. And he reaches out and he touches the man. But what I want you to see more than anything, more than just being audacious, this, this, this leper approached Jesus as a worshiper. As a worshiper. Can I tell you someone who don't want you to worship God? Can I name the name of the one who does not want you to worship God? You and I know it's the devil does not want you to worship God. And anything that gets in the way of your worship, it's not God, but it's the enemy. 
And so therefore, did Jesus recognize this worshiper before him? Even the sinner coming to Christ becomes a worshiper. He's a worshiper, he or she is a worshiper when they identify their need and they go to the one who has the answer for the forgiveness of their sins. They suddenly are transformed into a worshiper because they worshiped him. When I got saved and I went to the Lord, I fell under conviction I was the worst sinner at 11 years old. I'd done everything, supposedly. I felt so guilty and bad. The Holy Spirit gripped my heart. Oh, I did some bad things, and I, I did some things I shouldn't have done as a boy, but God gripped my heart, and I realized that I needed him. I needed God. I didn't know how really to go to him. I didn't know anything about worship. All I knew was that the Holy Spirit gripped my heart, and I realized I must go to him. I must go to him. I must turn to him and accept him as my Savior. And when I bowed down, I became a worshiper of Jesus Christ and he forgave me of my sins but more than the audacious worshiping and the kneeling down that leper had a true faith confession it's what came out of his mouth that leads me to this message and simple message for you to receive and to see it because some of you are so bound up with stuff you're so bound up with what tomorrow's going to hold or what if about tomorrow you're so bound up about what your family's doing they shouldn't be doing it you're so bound up wondering about your job if you still have it you're so bound up about the bills that are coming up you're so bound up with a lot of issues some of you are dealing with sickness some of you deal with the loved one that's sick some of you have these cares and this stuff that's got you so bogged down and I want you to hear this, for this is a word for you. He bowed down before him, and he just simply said to Jesus, Lord, if you will, you can. Lord, if you will, you can. Lord, there's, in essence, he's, in other words, he's saying, Lord, nothing can stand in your way. If you want it, you can do all things. You can do all things, Lord. Lord, if, you're, if you will, you can. And although all things are, are possible with God, did you know all things are possible with God and His Son? But there are three things impossible with Him. Let me tell you the impossibles of God. He cannot lie, He cannot die, and He cannot fail. Those are, the, that, that, those are the three things that are impossible with God. And one of the fundamental bases of our trust in God is in his moral attributes. I can tell you I will, and some of you wives are still waiting for your husband to finally do that I will that he said he was going to do. Some of us had people, we, we handed them money as a loan, and they said, I will pay you back, and you're still waiting, though it's been 1997 since. I don't know, maybe that's a prophetic word. I don't know why that year came up, but maybe it's prophetic word for somebody. But maybe it's been 1997 since they said it and you ain't seen them since. Because one of the fundamental bases of our trust in God is his moral attributes. 
his impeccable holiness and his eternal nature. He exhibits absolute, unblemished holiness and integrity. Almighty God is never careless as he's consistently, he's changeless and reliable. It's difficult to trust in someone that is not reliable whose words and promises cannot be trusted. But Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not make it good and fulfill it? God will not let you down because nothing is more reliable than Jesus Christ. And when Jesus looked at that leper, and he said, Lord, if you will, I know you can. Jesus said, I will. And he did. And he was cleansed immediately. Some of you need to get a hold of God's I will and not let go of it. Not let go of his I wills. And you'll find it all through scripture. All through the Bible. You'll find it. Nothing is more reliable and trustworthy than scripture. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, the Bible says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us. Can I read in the Amplified Bible? It reads as follows. For as many as are the promises of God, for many as are the promises of God, in Christ they are all answered yes. So through him we say our amen to the glory of God. You know why? We, we need to start saying amen more often. I'm not talking about having a pep rally with a preacher and say amen all the time. Amen, amen, amen. But our prayers and our claiming the promises of God, we need to just start saying amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Sing it with me now. Amen. I know it went through your head. I know it was in there. I just had to. But amen. Amen. Amen in the Hebrew means truly, most assuredly, so let it be. When you say amen, so let it be. It is. So it is. He said, I will, and he will. He said, I will because I know he can. He can do it. The world wants to cloud up our, our emotions, our thinking, want to bombard us and lay upon layer upon layer upon us on a situation where we feel like we can't see daylight, but we need to declare, amen. I prayed to the Lord and amen. At the end of your prayer, be sure if you've got to shout it out loud to the top of your lungs, say amen. Because it's truly going to happen. It's truly going to happen. Amen. Most assuredly, the leper said to Jesus, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus, he healed him, stretched out his hand, and touched him, saying, I will. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said, I will. In the, in the Greek, that word, I will, is uh, I'm not as good as Cindy. I'm worse than Cindy. Ethelo. <laughs> Ethelo. I will. It. That word means, in the Greek it says, to be resolved or determined, to purpose, desire, intend, design. Jesus said, I design you. I purposely, I will heal you on purpose. 
Do you know God does everything he does for you? He does it on purpose. All we always think about is judgments and he's making us feel bad and conviction. How many here love conviction? Raise your hands. God bless your heart. You're more prayed up than I am. Human nature, I don't like like conviction. It makes me feel bad. And we live in a society where you're not supposed to feel bad. You know, yeah, don't you judge me. Including you, God, don't you judge me. Yeah, uh uh-huh. But God, he touches us and he says, I will, I intend to bless you. I intend to heal you. I intend to touch you and the miraculous take place. I intend to find you that job you need. I intend to heal your family. I intend to heal your marriage. I intend to touch your teenager. I intend to heal your body. I intend to give you power and victory. But then the thing is, are we willing to be like the leper? And say, Lord... If you will, I know you can. And we audaciously run to him and believe God. Some of you used to be audacious, yeah. I got stories about you. And I have people to tell me stories about you. Dear God, let it never become history. Let it be the present. For why wouldn't we run to him? Because we know him and we know who he is and we know that he will. He will will he will he said i will it's it's throughout scripture when the lord says i will you can rest assured that something is going to happen now or in the future remember wives your husband said he will and he hasn't yet he's human pray for him don't go home and preach at him he doesn't need a second sermon i don't know why i looked over here I ain't going there. All you people over here are righteous. That's all I can, you know. Y'all, a whole lot. All right. Praise the Lord. I will. He's resolved. When the Lord says, I will, you can rest assured something's going to happen now or in the future. See, have you ever heard an I will and people do eventually get to it and they do it? I will can be now or it could be in the future, but if it's from a reliable source, you know it's going to happen. Do you have that confidence in your God? That I don't know what it is, we're so poised for the immediate, but we have trouble with the delayed. But if we'll believe and know that he's the one that says, I will. And when he says, I will, he's going to do it. And we can rely on his I will. Praise God. Praise God, the scriptures are for us are filled with the Lord saying, I will. When the devil tells you that you are busted and disgusted and that God is nowhere to be found, let this promise be remembered in Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you had. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will. In times of loneliness and struggle and isolation, The I will of John 14 
16, 18, Jesus says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. When you're feeling lonely and struggle, declare the I wills that Jesus said in his word for us and for you in particular. That during those moments of, of when we feel that we're losing or that we're stalled in life. You ever feel that way? Feel like you just, I'm not winning here. I'm not, I can't seem to get ahead. The devil, I take one step and then, and then the devil knocks me down. I've heard people say that. And then the devil knocks me down. God never called you to get knocked down by the devil. He's made you more than a conqueror through him that loves you. You're more than conquerors. So don't you dare let him knock you down again. In Jesus' name. You look to Matthew 16, 18, 19. And I also say to you, Jesus said that to Peter. He said, you're Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, I will build my church. He says, I will give you the keys of my kingdom. I've given you authority and power. Praise God. So don't, and you think those moments as though you're constantly being defeated. In Jesus' name declare, I will. That Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. When you have a feeling of being unappreciated and left out. When you're being tried, uh, to, uh, when you've been trying to do the work of the Lord and not seeing results. How many, how many of you have ever done that before? Called a class and nobody's in it. I mean, that's a good reason to bring a dog, I guess. Now you sit there and listen, then the dog don't even want to listen. You're trying to do the work of ministry and spreading the gospel and doing benevolence, but yet people aren't involved. They don't care. They don't seem to matter. And sometimes it can be a lonely job. You can feel discouraged. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about teachers and youth leaders and children's leaders and, and such. And you feel like nothing's happening, nothing's going on. Don't live in the used to be's, live in the now. God may have used to use you, but maybe, it, maybe he's not going to use you in that thing anymore, but he's got something else that you should be doing. Find your purpose in ministry in the Lord. Find your purpose. It's a joyful thing to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So you may feel like that, you're discouraged. You're feeling unappreciative. You're feeling as though that you've been trying to do the work of the Lord and without seeing visible results. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 21, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. He said, I will make you ruler over many things. I will. I will remember you. I see you. Enter the joy of your Lord. It's not for nothing. God will bless those who serve him and love him. When the world you live in seems like a place that's so far, that you're so far removed from this world that you, that you even live in, you don't feel like you ought to live in it anymore. 
You just can't believe the direction that's going in. And I got to tell you, whether it's mileage, and it's probably mileage, but I'm seeing things in our society that I just, I'm appalled and unbelieving. It just makes me speechless. I can't, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know of the way that the devil's creeping in and people are allowing the devil creep in. And the world's getting worse and farther and farther away from God. And, and, and if America is a, is a Christian country, then it's backslidden. Because all the acceptance of things that are contrary to God's word. That I never thought it would just be open conversation. I watch television and I have to close my eyes because I'm embarrassed with the commercials. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm I just going to say it, okay? I'm sick and tired of real underwear commercials. Because people are real people in underwear. There's a reason why it's under. You know what I mean? That's why it's called under. It's supposed to be under something. Who needs live models? You know what I'm saying? Come on. We're talking about a piece of nylon or cotton here. We're talking about something that everybody's got to have it. But no, they want to capture the eyes. The eye gate of men and the acceptance of of the stuff just there's an there's a indoctrination of our society and if you and I do not bury ourselves into the word of God and believe in God's word and have a biblical mindset and a biblical worldview you're going to slip away into the world of acceptance I know this is hard but hey I t- I got to tell you we're living in a time we need some hard preaching we need it we need the truth and the truth will set us free the truth will set us free. Praise the Lord. Bless God. But in this world, it doesn't seem like home anymore. There's an I will for that too. Jesus said in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He is coming back. He is coming for his bride and those who are waiting for him and those who have adorned themselves with the bride's garment that is spotless and without blemish. He's coming after his bride. And I want to be in that number. And I'm glad when he says, I will come again. Hallelujah. When the world and life has been beating you up, lowing you down, and when you're trying to keep your head above water, you ever been there? Matthew 11:28 says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of you need a break. And it's more than Florida. And it's more than going camping. I don't understand about camping. Camping's great. It's great being outdoors. But I got, I got to tell you, I never bought a camper because it's too much work. <laughs> too much work. Get the thing ready to go on the trip. Come back, clean it up. While I'm there in God's beautiful nature, 
I'm having to anchor thing down. I'm having to clean it up, wipe it off, get all ready, get, make sure we got water, make sure everything's all ready and go in and out and all, and then hitch it up, unhitch it, hitch it, hitch it up, unhitch it. You know what I'm talking about here? I went one time on a fishing trip years ago as a boy, and there was a family vibe, my family, go and meet them out there. I can't remember the place. It's a national park. We went there to go fishing, and I went there, and this, this, this man was supposed to fish, but he never had time to fish. He was constantly doing something. Doing, 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 doing. I'll tell you what. Some of you look like you need a break. I'm joking about camp. You got a camper. That's all right. God loves you. But the thing is, <laughs> I'm kidding. Listen, it's fine with a camper, okay? I'm not on a camper. I'm not on a pet peeve here. I'm just talking about me. It's just too much work, okay? I'd rather just stay at, I camp out. Well, I camp out. It's at the Holiday Inn. Oh, I got a bed I can sleep in. Ain't nobody going to sleep on rocks tonight. Yeah, I, oh. A bathroom. I can go in there and use the bathroom. Now me, that's camping out. <laughs> Soon you need a rest, you need a break. And it's only a rest that God can give. And the Lord said, he says, come to me all you labor heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I'll give it to you. It's something I'm telling you. Has anybody ever had a break in God before? A break in him where that you suddenly a vacation in the Lord. It's like God just refreshes you, changes your attitude, changes everything. And it's like, oh, man, I just feel so refreshed in the Lord. That's what you need. It's okay going on vacations. That's fine. You can take me with you. I know you want to do that, don't you? Oh, yeah. Come on, pastor. Come on vacation with me. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go camping. I got a camper. Come on, let's hop on board. <coughs> I think I feel a cold coming on. In America, we live in a pluralistic society that accepts many religions and many ways to reach God in heaven. You ever heard people say that? Well, there's many ways to get to God. Many ways. However, only one has defied death and the grave and is the only one way to God. And when people begin to doubt their faith, Jesus gives them an I will in John 2.19. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Jesus is the way. There aren't any, there's not any other way but him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way. Why? Everyone else has died. Mohammed has died. Buddha has died. Whoever started Hinduism, he's dead. Whoever started anything, they're gone. But Jesus is alive and lives forevermore. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. You believe that? Stand your feet right now. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way. And he's a way maker. He's the one that can make a difference in what you What are you going through? There's an I will. That the Lord will, because he's willing, he can, and he will. You can believe God that God's going to meet, meet that need. Some of you are facing some things that you don't know what the outcome's going to be, but you can turn to the one who is the answer to everything and know that he'll make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. How are you today? What's going on in your life?
What's going on in your life? How's it going with you? The Lord loves you. He cares for you. He doesn't want you to be isolated. He doesn't want you to be separated. He doesn't want you to think that you have to do it on your own. You've got to face it on your own. But he says, I will. I will. If you'll come and believe in him, I will. And some of us are facing things, dealing with things that are so hard. And God knows what they are. But he says, I will. I will. I, I didn't even finish. I, I, I had more I wills in there in the New Testament. Jesus has said, I will. He'll make a way. He'll give the answer. He is the answer. And I just wonder this morning if there's anybody. I know there is some people. That's why I preach this. Because the Lord spoke to my heart. There are people that are really dealing with some stuff. They need God to intervene. And don't let anything cloud your mind right now. Don't be thinking about, well, I got to go do this right now. I don't think I'll go to the altar. Whatever. You got to be like that leper with audaciously running to God. Say, God, Jesus, I know you're the answer. If you will, I know you can. If you will, I know you can. And Jesus said, I will. I will. I will. What about your life? What's going on? Isn't it great that we can turn to a God that cares? Maybe you're here today and you're, you are not a Christian. And the Lord's speaking to you say, I will forgive you of your sins. I will receive you right now. 